everyone, and welcome back to A Beautiful Life. I am so excited to be here and to be sharing some pretty awesome topics with you over the next few months. I can't believe it's August, because when I think about how many topics I'm going to be sharing with you guys, I think of till the end of the year, which is a lot closer than I would like to think about right now, but time has just flown by. Um, Lately, I've been working on advertising for my upcoming ballet classes and homeschool classes, both for my business and for our family business. It's been a lot of work, but I am super excited for the fall and all of the new students I'll be able to work with and all of their parents. I just love this time of year, getting to know everybody, and it's one of my favorite things to do. I love teaching. But anyway, for today's topic, I want to talk about protein. Now, the title is How Much Protein is Too Much Protein. We're going to talk about this in two different aspects, and that's natural and also additive protein. Um, we'll get to that. Um, we've talked about gluten in the past, and I think we've talked briefly about carbohydrates. However, I really haven't talked about protein on here before, which I thought was surprising, but exciting because now we get to talk about it. The reason why this is such an important topic is because a lot of people, especially fitness enthusiasts and athletes, are consuming either the wrong types of protein or the wrong amounts of protein. And they're not realizing they're doing this because it's a fad to eat high-protein diets. And you know how I feel about fads. <laughs> so unfortunately, they seem to think that the more protein, the better, um, both for muscle recovery, but also muscle building and strength building. Unfortunately, eating too much protein can be stored as fat, which can lead as weight gain, we lead to weight gain, sorry, which nobody wants, especially if you're in the fitness industry. You don't want unwanted ga weight gain, right? So the high-protein diets that we're seeing, especially with keto, is that they're losing the water weight and then all of the protein that they're eating, if they're doing this long-term, it will end up being stored as fat and they will gain that weight back again. So this is a really serious issue. But I've also found that people who are on high-protein diets, and this is long-term high-protein diets, by the way, not short-term, like one-month although you can still find that you have symptoms or side effects after a month, but I'm talking long-term high-protein diets. They tend to have bad breath, and this is due to ketosis, which if you'll remember back from when I talked about keto diets and why they're not good for you, um, I talked about ketosis. It's basically the burning of fats for energy instead of carbohydrates. This is a very dangerous thing long-term because your body is not meant to do this. Um, we're just not meant to. We're meant to have carbohydrates. It's how our livers and our brains function, two of the most important organs in our bodies. But they also experience constipation due to low fiber intake. So many people nowadays, even if you're not on a high-protein diet, have low fiber intake, and that's why we're seeing a lot of constipation issues. We're seeing a lot of digestive issues because our fiber is too low. Plus, we also have a lot of people on gluten-free diets and they're not eating a lot of fiber because the fiber can be found in whole grains. And so when you're on a gluten-free diet, your fiber intake is extremely low as well. But they can also have the opposite, and that's diarrhea from poor digestion of the proteins. It's just not dealing with the protein properly, and so it's going to either end up in constipation issues or diarrhea issues. Neither one is a good thing to have. <laughs> But we also have dehydration due to not enough fruits and vegetables being added in the diet either. 
Plus with the high protein, it, it disrupts the osmosis of the, of the cells. And then the most important, obviously, is kidney issues. I believe I've mentioned this in the past. Kidney issues come from protein overload. This is when you start to see protein in the urine. Um, this is just kidney stress. We don't want to stress the kidneys. They are some of the important, most important organs in your body. We have a lot of important organs, but the liver and the brain and the kidneys are the most important, in my opinion. We also have finding calcium loss, which is not good because when you have calcium loss, then you have other mineral imbalances, but you also have weak bones and um, weak teeth, which is not a good thing. You're going to notice that you have more cavities. And then finally, higher risk of heart disease, those people who are on higher protein diets for long periods of time. So overall, consuming high protein diets for long periods of time can cause a lot of stress on the body. So I just mentioned various parts of the body that create stress, okay? It causes stress on different parts of the body. You got your digestive system, you've got your kidneys, you got your bones and your teeth, you have... um, your heart. So it's just really important that you take all of this into account before you start a fad diet, such as a high protein diet. And again, we can wrap keto in there as well because keto is, it follows along similar lines. There has to be a balance of all the necessary food groups to prevent unwanted side effects from poor diet strategies. And this is where I think the fitness industry has gone really, really bad downhill is that they're sharing poor diet strategies. And I can say this considering the fact that I've been through a certification program as a personal trainer. There are a lot of things in the workbook that you have to study that are poor diet strategies. There are a lot of really great strategies in there. But unfortunately, we're not being taught the full picture. And so that's where a lot of the fitness industry people, health industry people go downhill. But I am seeing an uptick in people who are researching things and doing things better. And so that's a really exciting, very encouraging thing to see happening. I also want to point out that I'm not just referring to natural proteins like I had mentioned at the beginning. We're talking about poultry, beef, lamb, beans, nuts, dairy. That's all the natural proteins that you find. But I'm also referring to all types of proteins, including what I like to call additive proteins, which are protein powders, snacks, and things like that. Um, I do want to briefly talk about bulking because it's something that I have never seen as healthy. Because if you think about it, you're not doing something natural for your body and you're throwing your body around a lot. So if you take into account that, bulking doesn't seem like a really good thing to do. Now, this is a fad mostly among male bodybuilders and fitness enthusiasts. I don't see a lot of females doing this, but because I like to talk to everybody, even though I work in female health and health and wellness, I like to talk to men as well because they can benefit from these things. So even though it's found mostly in male fitness enthusiasts, We're going to talk about it because some women work on that as well. I've seen a couple women bulk. It's a very strange thing. I don't know. But it's a very tricky and borderline dangerous practice, and it's all for the reasons I mentioned before. You can't just stress your body with tons and tons of calories and tons of protein without some side effects. A lot of these people tend to experience fatigue, weakness, headaches, dehydration, irritability, and other unpleasant side effects. Again, this is the beginning stages of ketosis. This is what you start to feel when you are bulking heavily. 
A lot of people who do the bulking, they do eat a lot of carbohydrates along with it, but I've seen a lot of people who just do protein bulking, which is definitely something you don't want to do. But even if you are bulking in just consuming a lot of calories from various sources, it's still not a great thing to do to your body because you're stressing the body still. Even if you're eating all of the things you need, the calories need to stay within a proper parameters. Otherwise, you are over fueling your body. You're stressing it out too much. It's just not natural. It's not a natural thing for your body to do. So protein portions, sorry, protein portions for each meal shouldn't be larger than the size of your palm. And before you say, well, you could stack it high then. I have brothers. I've heard that before. And no, I wouldn't go higher than a half an inch. If you still feel hungry, pair your proteins with carbohydrates and lots of vegetables. What you pair your proteins with is going to matter as well. If you still feel hungry after that, um, it, odds are you're going to need to work on metabolism, and that can be done through capsaicin. So add spices to your foods. We've got cumin, ca um, anything with capsaicin. So any hot pepper you can add to your food, and that's going to balance metabolism, and that's going to help you feel hungry less but also balance it so that you are hungry at mealtimes and that you are satiated faster. So that's an option for you. Oh, and try to stick to organic grass-fed as often as possible. I believe that we discussed why this was important in a past episode. Um, I can't remember if I've talked about it on here or if I have just written it down and talked about it in a workshop. But to briefly explain, you want to avoid the hormones that they inject in proteins or the animals, GMOs from the foods that they're eating. Um, there are a lot of common diseases that can be found in the animals that are being butchered, which is disgusting in my opinion. It's just gross because these disease strains can come from poor, uh, poor living situations and neglect. So you really want to make sure that that's not happening. And then also harmful vaccinations that can live in the meats and then will be transferred to us. So that's something you want to keep in mind when you're purchasing proteins is that you're buying as organic and natural as possible. And you want grass-fed, grass-finished proteins, meats, things like that. You want to make sure that it's all as natural as possible. Even if you are needing to go to small farms and check them out. <laughs> I would support small farmers if you can. So moving into protein additives, I am frustrated with the number of people who think that having protein shakes and meal replacers is going to make them healthier or perform better. This is just a ridiculous thought process in my mind because meal replacers are not real, literally replacing the meal. They're just holding you off until the next meal because you're not getting all of the nutrients you need in a meal replacer shake or whatever you're eating. You're not getting the nutrients you need and so you're not fueling your body properly. So first of all, what is in your protein powder? Are there isolated proteins? Those can cause allergies and down the road can create an imbalance in the gut flora. This is not a good thing because when you imbalance the gut flora, you've got a lot of bad bacteria instead of the good bacteria that's going to break down the foods in the long run and this can lead to a lot of GI issues down the road. So you really want to make sure that you're avoiding isolated proteins, isolated pea protein, isolated whey protein. Even if they are organic isolated proteins, they're still isolated. They're highly processed and they're not as natural as they should be. So it's important to just avoid them altogether. Also, the second question is, are there any additives such as flavors, even the natural flavors, colors, or preservatives? Again, we're looking at allergies. We're looking at toxic buildup. 
We are even looking at heavy metals because heavy metals can hide in these natural things. But we're also looking at imbalances in the body's natural minerals and vitamins as well because when you have heavy metals coming into the picture and other toxins, it actually drives down the body's natural minerals and vitamins that it needs to function. But we're also looking at more serious health issues down the road, including cancers, and this is just something we want to avoid for obvious reasons. I only ever recommend collagen to clients, and even then, it's in the most natural, purest form. Simple collagen, period. Nothing else added. We don't have any flavors. We don't have any um, uh, colors, nothing. Nothing added. It's just collagen. Now, you can flavor it yourself. You can flavor it with fruit and honey and maple syrup and cocoa powder. You name it. You can flavor it yourself. It's just important to have the most natural form of whatever you're purchasing, especially when it comes to proteins and collagen, because otherwise you're going to get these toxic ingredients. So this all goes for other protein snacks and pre post-workout meals, snacks, drinks, you name it, whatever you're eating that has some sort of protein in it. This is, you got to take all of this into account. Unfortunately, so many companies, even those that claim to be natural, fall into the sticky trap of either being bought by larger conglomerates, which I was very disappointed about a lot of the natural products uh, companies that I have bought from for years being sold to conglomerates that pretty much ruin the whole natural or organic look to the company. Um, They start adding different ingredients that make it toxic instead of natural to your body. So that's a really sad thing to find out that this is happening. But they're also either doing that or they're adding other ingredients to make their products more attractive and taste better. And I see, I'm seeing this more often. I can't tell you how many, quote, natural companies have added toxic sweeteners to their products, such as sucralose or natural and artificial flavors. Anything that says natural flavoring or natural coloring, you really want to question it because odds are it's probably not natural. And if people are saying, oh my gosh, it tastes so good, I'm so addicted, probably has some sort of MSG in there or something added addictive in there. Sucralose, uh, if I'm remembering correctly, is basically Splenda. I think I'm remembering that correctly. It's no better than aspartame, so you really just want to avoid that altogether. It causes a lot of issues down the road. But we also find branched-chain amino acids, BCAAs for short, which are fine. Um, They're not going to harm you, but unfortunately, certain ones are just not absorbable by the body anymore because they've been so processed down. And so people who look at all of these branched-chain amino acids... They're either isolated, which makes them not useful because you need all of the chain, branch chain amino acids together in order for your body to benefit from them, or they're highly processed, which makes them not absorbable because obviously they are processed and isolated and thus all of the natural anything good from them has been processed out. Finally, preservatives such as silicon dioxide are in everything nowadays, and this is something you want to avoid as well. It's absolutely ridiculous how many ingredients we can find in our foods that are toxic to our bodies. But what makes me even more peeved is that these products are also marketed to kids and teens who just don't know any better. So it's really important to educate our kids on what to avoid 
and make sure we're educating ourselves so we're not giving our kids and ourselves these toxic products. So my tips for you, I've got four tips here. Number one, check all of the ingredients in everything that you buy. And I know it's a pain. It's really frustrating when you have to go through the grocery store and you just want to pick things up and go shopping quick, quickly when you have to read all of the ingredients. But companies have started hiding so many toxic ingredients that we need to be doubly sure that we're buying quality products. And this is especially important when we find out that organic companies have been sold to larger conglomerates. So you really want to do your research and see, because I know um, Bob's Red Mill was recently sold to a Chinese company and unfortunately, their quality is so much lower now. And so we have to make sure that we're knowing what companies are truly organic and truly natural and which companies have been sold to larger conglomerates. Number two, make your own pre-post-workout powders. I don't know why these are so popular. I really don't see how they benefit anybody. But if you have to have them and it's your routine you can make your own at home. In fact, it could be as simple as adding a quarter teaspoon of Celtic sea salt to your water. It's going to hydrate you. It's going to bring those necessary minerals into your body. And I know it sounds weird because you think, oh, well, salt water is going to dehydrate you. In fact, it doesn't. It does the opposite. It's really cool, but you want Celtic sea salt, okay? The purest form that you can get. If you use iodized salt, obviously you're going to dehydrate yourself. That's ridiculous. But the great thing about Celtic sea salt is it has all of the necessary minerals that your body needs to remain hydrated and keep your cells nice and healthy. But you can also drink coconut water, make sure there aren't any additives or sweeteners. You can add organic beet powder to your waters or smoothies. Beet powder provides energy and helps with circulation. It's really amazing. And if you don't like eating beets, beet powder is a great alternative. You can even get it in... Um, uh, I'm trying to think. You can get it flavored, I think, but you want to make sure, again, make sure the flavors are natural. If you have like blueberry with it, that's going to be great as well. But I highly recommend looking into it and giving it a try. Always buy organic though, as non-organic is always GMO. So unless it says, even if it says non-GMO, I still would go with organic because you just don't know what they've added to it. And once you get GMO, it's really no benefit to your body at all. Number three, try collagen. Um, like I said, get the purest form of collagen. I like, uh, I think it's Dr. Axe. Dr. Axe's supplements are really good. I have uh, never really found something I didn't like from his company, so that's a good place to look. But even a college supplement, collagen supplement like Ligaplex is really good because it can help with tissue healing and recovery. This is something that's advertised to a lot of athletes because it's actually going to support the connective tissue. I also recommend cayenne, which is for inflammation, and it can even be for weight loss. And like I said, it's going to help with metabolism as well. I, I do recommend looking into capsaicin. It's a really amazing thing. Capsaicin can be found in cayenne. Look up cayenne. I mean, it has such incredible benefits. It's amazing. And then we have Dr. Christopher's Complete Tissue and Bone for Inflammation and Healing. My grandmother actually broke her arm, got it set at the hospital, and didn't wear a cast, put the Dr. Christopher's Complete Tissue and Bone on her arm for, I don't know, a couple of months until the bone was healed and it completely healed. So it's a pretty amazing, amazing cream that you can put on your body wherever you're feeling inflammation or 
any kind of damage, any kind of ligament issue, anything. There are so many natural options for soreness and healing and supporting collagen fiber strength that we don't need to go through supplements of just over-the-counter stuff and we don't need to have all of these pre-workout, post-workout powders and drinks and protein powders. We don't need all of that. There's so many natural options out there. Number four, most important, stay hydrated and eat a well-balanced diet. Now, this one seems pretty obvious. Everything you need to support proper bodily function, including muscle health and integrity, collagen fiber integrity, proper digestion, absorption, and assimilation, and much more can be all found in the foods that you eat. So I hope this gives you a better understanding of proteins and how you can find better options for your workouts, whether pre-workout or post-workout, or even if you're not working out and you just want more protein in your diet, I hope that this gives you some really good options on what to look at. If you have any questions, please feel free to reach out to me. I try to keep things as simple as possible because none of us have time to be wasting on anything. So making sure that everything is really straightforward and as simple as it can be is definitely one of my goals because I work with a lot of moms and it's really important for me to provide resources for them that's easy to apply to their lifestyles while taking care of their kids, while running a business, if that's what they do, all homeschooling, you name it. I try to make it as simple and straightforward as possible. So thank you so much for tuning in today. I will talk to you next week. Have a beautiful day.